Okay, welcome. Welcome to another broadcast, podcast event. This is Scott, host of your Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for listening in today. Always great to come to you with, uh, man, we were listening to in 15 states. That's right, we're listening to as many as 15 states worldwide and internationally uh, right here on the Teal Shirt Report. Well, I woke up Sunday morning and Chat with some sources, got a few calls from my contacts, and, and learned that Yannick has finally been traded, unless it falls through. He's got to sign the franchise tag. It's like a sign-and-trade type deal. And um, it wasn't one of the teams that originally, you know, that were originally thought of by some of the so-called national media experts like the the Jets and Eagles, those two teams probably tried to fleece the Jaguars. They weren't offering enough. Finally, uh, general manager Dave Condwell found a trading partner in the Minnesota Vikings. So it's interesting. Now, I would have liked to have gotten a first and third round pick or a second round pick and maybe a veteran defensive lineman that could help the Jaguars. Now, it didn't really work out like I wanted exactly, but you got to keep in mind the team that makes the trade for Yannick, at some point in time, they're going to have to deal with his new agent, and they're going to have to sign him long-term, which is going to most likely cost him a good bit more than the franchise uh, tag cost. I mean, the Rams are learning about this because – they are far apart with Jalen Ramsey. I bet I bet the Rams would like to have those two first-round picks and that fourth-round pick back because I don't think Ramsey's going to be with L.A. You know, for the long term. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. When we take a look at uh, General Manager Dave Codwell, he got very good value with the two first-round picks and the fourth-round pick uh, from the Rams – when, um, of course, Jalen Ramsey, you know, was traded last year by the Jaguars to the L.A. Rams. Jalen hasn't got that big money yet. He's far apart with the Rams. And does he end up going to another team? He could. And then the Rams are not only out Jalen, but they're out those two first-round picks and the fourth-round pick they traded to the Jaguars. The Jaguars now... When we talk about Unique Ngakwe, we talk about, you know, a premier pass rusher, but can he be a three-down defensive end? Maybe not. I think he's improved that aspect of his game. But let's see what happens with the rest of Unique's career. But I think the Jaguars had to get out of the the Unique Ngakwe, uh, the thing as, a, as him being a player for the Jaguars, because he, he didn't want to play here. We need players that want to play here. However... When they go out the door, general manager Dave Codwell has proven time and time again he's going to get some good value coming back and going to draft some younger, faster, and perhaps better players. And that's what it's all about. Well, the headache is gone now. No more having to be concerned about it. It is good for the team now. The Jacksonville Jaguars receive a second and fifth-round draft pick. I understand that fifth-round uh, pick is like a conditional pick. It means the Jaguars, that fifth-round pick, could actually move a little higher and be a fourth-round or third-round pick, depending on you know other factors. But we do know 
at very worst, at the very worst for the Jaguars, it's a second and fifth round draft pick from Minnesota for defensive end pass rusher Unique Ngakwe. And uh, hey, the the Vikings, the Vikings need the headache powders now, right? They got Unique, and eventually they'll have to sign him. They're going to have to find out if Unique can uh, be a, a, a three down defensive end. But you know the game, the game is has gotten so intricate where. It's gotten so situational. I'm sure there'll be a a third defensive end uh, for the Vikings that'll have to come in and play for Unique on at least one play or two, you know, in different series. You know, in order to set up pass rushing situations for perhaps what Unique is, a pass rushing specialist, you got to get those teams and you got to get your opponents in third down and fives, third down and eights, third down and tens, things like that. Uh, to set up the uh, pass rush opportunities. So Minnesota, do they keep Yannick long-term? Well, if they only have him for one year and they don't keep him long-term, then the uh, you know then it's going to look like, well, Minnesota kind of rented Yannick for a year. Uh, I believe now what will happen is Unique will sign if everything goes right, everything goes well, passes the physical and things like that. You know that he'll play on the franchise tag with Minnesota. Eventually, he'll be uh, wanting a long-term deal in Minnesota if he's going to stay there. However, that's not the Jaguars' concern now. Their concern is they are getting a second-round pick next year. In the um, in the 2021 draft, boy, years kind of sneak up on us. So they get a second round pick in the 2021 draft, and I believe the fifth round pick is for the following year in 2022. And the Jaguars got that, you know, they got that additional first round pick for 2021 from the Rams. Jaguars are looking very, very good. If they want to trade up next year to go after that special player, whether it's another quarterback or somebody else, they have the draft capital to do it. There's no doubt. But again, General Manager Dave Codwell grabbed the best deal he could get. That's my feeling. General Manager Dave Codwell grabbed the best deal he could get, and now it's time to move on from Yannick. And, of course, we're discussing this today on the Teal Shirt Report. A lot more of the Teal Shirt Report to come. So uh, keep it right here. We want to tell you we're brought to you by uh, Saucer Realty. That's right. See Larry Saucer in North Florida. He's got plenty of North Florida listings, whether it's, uh, you know, you're interested in getting a new home property, uh, whether it's residential uh, or business, uh, you know, real estate or commercial real estate, business real estate or residential. Remember, Larry Saucer in Saucer Realty. He's got a lot of North Florida listings in real estate. That's uh, Saucer Realty. Want to thank Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. That's exactly right. Anchor.fm, where our podcast originates from. And of course, our podcast is spread out, you know, to many, many other platforms. Some of the we're on all the biggies. I mean, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pod Paradise. There's even a new one out that uh, picked us up, uh, Himalaya, uh, which is more of a worldwide uh, 
podcast platform. I mean, we're worldwide. We're, we're listened to in as many as 15 states, the Teal Shirt Report is. So, again, we thank our sponsors. The sponsors list is growing on the Teal Shirt Report. Again, we're sponsored by Anchor.fm, also by Saucer Realty. Plenty of North Florida real estate listings, whether it's, uh, you know, home, uh, business, whether it's residential, commercial. They've got plenty of North Florida listings. If you're interested in real estate, contact Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty. If you want to contact uh, Saucer Realty, go to our website at BigJReport.com. That is BigJReport.com. Scroll our homepage and in the weather information, uh, you'll find Saucer Realty's uh, website. So check them out, Saucer Realty, for plenty of North Florida listings, uh, commercial, residential, plenty of um, North Florida real estate listings through Saucer Realty. Also, want to say a special hello to JC, one of our, uh, actually one of our producers of the Teal Shirt Report. We're also sponsored by Lake Eufaula. Lake Eufaula, that's right, Lake Eufaula, the the website for internet radio, lakeeufaulahits.com. I knew I'd I'd get that completely out. It's kind of a long website, but it's lakeeufaulahits.com. Check out plenty of great hits from yesterday and beyond. That's right, lakeeufaulahits.com. Hey, it's all good. Check them out, lakeeufaulahits.com. Um, of course, I mentioned Anchor, uh, Saucer Realty, and of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Of course, Anchor.fm, uh, LakeUfallahits.com, Saucer Realty, and of course, follow us at BigJReport.com. You are listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We got a lot more coming up. Please stand by and stay tuned. My name's Scott. More of the Teal Shirt Report coming right up. The Teal Shirt Report. Hey, thank you for listening. Uh, we're heard in as many as 15 states worldwide, internationally, uh, the UK, Germany, Hong Kong, and beyond Wales. Hello to Andy Powers and the Milton Garden Club in Wales. I want to thank all of our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfallahits.com, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. So thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Big news, Yannick is gone, right? Yannick Ngakwe is very much gone. The Jags have gotten a second-round pick uh, next year's draft in 2021, and then the following year in 2022, they have got a conditional fifth-round pick. So it's going to be at least a fifth-round pick. It could be as high as a fourth or a third-round pick, but that will depend on you know many factors that develop you know, over this season and beyond. So we'll keep an eye on that. But let's figure on now getting at least a second and fifth round pick for Unique Ngakwe. So what happens next? It means the Jaguars are going to have to depend on Josh Allen, who I think is going to be a better overall player than Unique Ngakwe anyway. I mean, he's a tackling machine, played in the SEC, was a first-round draft pick. So Josh Allen steps up in year two. 
I'd look for him to play more snaps. He's got to be on the field more, even in whatever type of defense. And we all know that, you know, defensive coordinator Todd Wash has a special scheme that we, we've not always been in favor of. Let's hope uh, they come up with some wrinkles. Todd Wash is going to have to improve or he'll be gone. You know, he's kind of overstayed his welcome to begin with. So on the other side, K, these are some of the new Jaguars. Got to get used to their names. Uh, K. LeVon Chason could be playing the defensive end on the other side. However, you know, you're going to see some players move around. The, the Jags are going to really depend on Dewan Smoot, Dwayne Smoot, uh, Taven Bryan. Taven Bryan and Smoot are going to step up and play more than they've ever played. It'll be Smoot's fourth year. It'll be Tavon, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Taven Bryan's uh, third year. So the Jaguars have got younger guys, but they're, you know, they're, they're becoming veterans like Taven Bryan going into his third year and also Dewan Smoot going into his fourth year. Critical year for Dewan Smoot. He's going to get more playing time. He was drafted by the old master, I believe, Tom Coughlin. You know, I really thought we'd pick a tight end in that third-round spot, you know, um, about three years ago, and we grabbed Dewan Smoot. So it is time for Smoot to prove his uh, future worth, and the future is now in 2020, right? So let's go to the uh, Jaguars roster. You know, there's been a lot of talk in camp about Jake Luton, the six-round pick out of Oregon State. The Jaguars really hit on something with Gardner Minshew in 2019 out of Washington State, and now they pick Jake Luton. Now, Jake Luton is a guy that's six foot six, 224 pounds, tall guy, prototypical quarterback. You know, your prototypical NFL quarterbacks are what, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6"? Jake Luton, a tall guy, he can throw the ball. Heard somebody on sports radio say, hey, he can really spin it. So, well, we, we, you know, we hope so. I don't think you're going to be able to sneak Jake Luton on the practice squad. I think the words leaked out about Luton. So he's going to have to be one of the three quarterbacks kept. So it's probably going to be Gardner Minshew, Mike Lennon, and uh, Jake Luton. Sadly, Josh Dobbs, who I, I still like a lot. I mean, very intelligent guy, rocket scientist. Uh, he studied rocket science in college at, uh, at Tennessee. But now, you got to remember, man, injuries, injuries, heck, they, they can, you know, they can rear their ugly head at any time. So you got these four guys now. I think on the regular roster, the 53-man roster, you'll see three guys. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It's starting to shape up like it could be. We know it's going to be Minshew, Mike Glennon, probably Jake Luton, unless there's an injury. Josh Dobbs could be the perhaps the odd man out, but we'll you know we'll see what happens. So, Jake Luton, what's happening in training camp with the Jaguars? The word that's that's getting out there is that Jake Luton, Jake Luton, out of um, you know out of Oregon State, it looks like he may have a stronger arm than first thought. Maybe his arm is getting stronger. These guys develop it, you know, at at, at different times for different positions, and, you know, heck, you take a look at Jake Luton. I mean, um, you know, he's he's a, he's a 24-year-old rookie, 
So he spent a good bit of time in college. He's going to wear number six, six foot six, 224 pounds, 24 years of age, rookie out of Oregon State. Minshew's a starter. Understand that. Now, I understand Minshew at the scrimmage yesterday threw a couple of interceptions, but but Coach Marone, Coach Doug Marone's not worried about that. He says he is very happy with the development of the team. I will I will say this on the trading of Unique and Gakwe. I think now that I look at it, it's a very good move. He didn't want to be here. The Jags cut their their losses with Unique and got what they could, a second rounder and a fifth rounder. They will turn those draft picks into future players and perhaps future stars. And that's the, the way it is. Um, one thing I like about Gardner Minshew, the team really rallied around him last year. I don't think an interception or two in a training camp, you know, in a scrimmage is going to curtail Gardner at all. A guy that spent time at, at Troy, he enrolled in at Troy as a freshman, I believe. And then he, then he transferred to a junior college and won a junior college national championship in Mississippi. He went to East Carolina, played well, then transferred to play some big-time major college football at Washington State and had the big stats in his last year at Washington State. Gardner Minshew, at age 25, going into his second year, he's the starter. And, you know, Gardner reminds me a lot of Ken Stabler for whatever reason, just his mannerisms, kind of the way he looks on the field, the way he dices and moves back and forth and always seems to find that lane to get rid of the ball. I mean, the Jaguars had taller quarterbacks than Gardner. I mean, Gardner's listed at 6'1", 225, but, I mean, the Jaguars had Chad Henney, who was a little bit taller than um, than Gardner, and Blake Bortles was taller than Gardner. But to me, it seems like Chad Henney and Blake Bortles, the, the, the definition of them at times where they were getting their balls batted down, their footballs batted down at the line of scrimmage. Gardner seems to find those lanes where he can get rid of the ball. He can run a little bit. I don't think Gardner's the fastest guy, but he's quick. He's kind of quick, and uh, he's gotten stronger in the offseason. I saw him running around the field with a heavy ball. I'm behind Gardner Minshew. Hey, if the Jags need to draft a quarterback next year or the year after, they're going to have the picks to do it, to move up if they have to. Um I think the Jags are pretty happy with the quarterback situation now. If that sounds strange, I, I think they are. Now, last year, I, in a couple of games, the Jaguars won. You know, at Denver, at at Oakland, probably the last game ever played at the Oakland Coliseum is now the Raiders have uh, moved to Las Vegas. I saw a team that I saw a team. They, they came together as a team in some of those victories last year, and I think they even lost as a team. I think there's a lot of respect in that locker room for Gardner Minshew. And I got a special feeling about this team. Now, they, they could I mean, they could fall flat on their face and win two, three, four games this year, or it could be a lot better than that. I think the offense is going to be, as long as they can stay reasonably healthy, I think the offense is going to be much better this year with Tyler Eifert, uh, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark seems to be improving even more in training camp, moving into his third year. So I'm excited about the offense. The defense, that may be a work in progress. Kate LeVon chase on, C.J. Henderson, those high-drafted rookies have got to come on and, you know, be the real deal. You know, there's no doubt about that. 
So as we take a look at the Jaguars' 80-man roster, you know, we've been looking at the M's with Gardner Minshew. Uh, we talked about Perry uh, Nickerson, a cornerback. We, we did discuss Andrew Norwell, who's got to have his best year with the Jaguars. I think the offensive line, they're going to gel together. It's basically the same group as last year, except for Barch, who was drafted in 2020. James O'Shaughnessy. James O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, six foot four, 245 pounds out of Illinois State. James O'Shaughnessy and, and Gardner, they showed some good chemistry last year. And then O'Shaughnessy had the ACL, but he's back now. He had a little bit of a setback and ended up on the pup list, but now he's cleared. He's back in training camp playing. And, hey, don't forget about the long snapper. Here's another long snapper. Matthew Orzich is a long snapper out of Azusa Pacific. You never know where you're going to get a long snapper from. Uh, also, a guy that I like that I saw last year, Devin Azigbo. I watched him in a game last year. You don't hear much about this guy, but I think he's going to yeah, he'll be on the team, I think. And he may be the third-string guy at running back. He may be the fourth-string guy at running back. But Zigbo out of Nebraska really showed me something last year in his limited chances uh, that he, you know, had a chance to play. Austin Pleasant, six foot four, six foot seven. I'm, I'm sorry, he's he's wearing number sixty-four. He's six foot seven, three hundred twenty-eight pounds, twenty-three years of age, a rookie out of Ohio U. I bet you didn't know I knew their nickname, the Ohio U Bobcats. Austin Pleasance is one of those undrafted free agent rookie guys. You never know. You never know what you're going to get, but they're looking at him in training camp. Uh, he wears number 64, big, tall, six foot seven, 328-pound guy. Um, I mean, it doesn't even say what position this guy plays. So, you know, that doesn't sound like he's going to make the team, but I'm assuming he's a, a lineman at this point, probably an offensive lineman. Move down to Shaquit. Let's go to the Qs now, Shaquit. Shaquille, Shaquille, Shaquille Quarterman. This is the kid, this kid, I love this kid. This is a local kid that played at Oakleaf High School in Jacksonville. Went down, played at the U at Miami. He's going to wear number 50. He's a linebacker. I, he's going to make the team. He was a fourth, one, he was one of the uh, fourth round picks of Jack. The Jaguars had more than one fourth round pick, of course, because they traded Nick Foles you know, before the draft and got a fourth-round pick uh, from the Chicago Bears for Nick Foles. This is the kid that became that Nick Foles draft pick after Nick was traded. The Jags got Chicago's fourth-round pick. Shaquille, Shaquille Quarterman will wear number 50. He's a linebacker, six foot, 234 pounds, 22 years of age, a rookie out of Miami. He's a local kid that tells me he wants to be here. Shaquille Quarterman. A fourth-round pick. Let's see what happens with him. I'm, I'm kind of pulling for that local kid, Shaquille Quarterman, to make the team. I think he makes the team, and hope he gets an opportunity. The Jags really look deep for a change. The Jaguars now look deep at linebacker with uh, Joe Schobert playing in the middle, Miles Jack on the weak side, and then, uh, you know, two or three other guys that may play the third spot. And, you know, of course, it's going to change. It's going to go 3-4, 4-3 is what I'm hearing, that there will be times you may see the Jags in, a, in the 4-3 as, you know, as Wash likes to do it. But then they're going to show teams different looks, hopefully, with a 3-4. But remember, the Jaguars got to stop the run. And um, they've lost some guys that have either opted out or retired early, like Gunter. Uh, 
So we'll stop with the cues today, but I like Shaquille Quarterman, the linebacker out of Oak Leaf High School in Jacksonville, local kid, went off to play at Miami, and he's a rookie. He was drafted in the fourth round, and Shaquille Quarterman, a name to remember, he's the guy the Jaguars got in the Nick Foles trade. Okay, so that's a look at some of the uh, 80-man roster, part eight. Part, let, me, let me make a note of that. Part eight, we, we've been talking about this 80-man roster for a long time. Uh, today, part eight of the 80-man roster uh, for the Jaguars. And, hey, what, what, what better place to stop than the Qs, right? We're going to talk a we're going to talk elite indoor football coming up next. We're going to talk SEC football. But uh, elite indoor football is coming up next. The Southern Steam ran their winning streak to six games. Congratulations to the Southern, Southern Steam of the Elite Indoor Football League. We'll talk elite indoor football coming up next. That's the Elite Indoor Football League. We'll talk EIF and also SEC football coming up in just a moment. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. You are listening to the Teal Shirt Report. On the Teal Shirt Report, we followed the Jaguars, also North Florida Entertainment. North Florida Entertainment hasn't been a lot of concerts. In fact, there's been virtually zero concerts. Unless you're watching a concert online, of course. But North Florida Entertainment consists of, um, you know, concerts, music, and we just haven't had any for several months. Our North Florida Entertainment has been movies, you know, perhaps on Comcast or on satellite or, you know, or VCR movies or it, what, what have you. But, you know, I've watched a lot of sports movies, uh, watched the Leonard Skinner movie. If the song, what was the name of that song? No, no. If I Leave Here Tomorrow, the Leonard Skinner movie, which I think is truly the definitive movie, which I watched on some free weekends on Showtime uh, several weeks and months ago, as I told you on previous podcasts, that's probably one of my favorite movies. And, and it was a documentary movie and more of a definitive uh, story about Leonard Skinner on Showtime which that verse, you know, comes from one of the songs, if I, if I leave here tomorrow. So North Florida Entertainment is also consisted of elite indoor football. We're going to talk about that as well. Also the Southeastern Conference, the SEC. I followed the SEC since I was a kid. I mean, since like the early 1970s. So, you know, I have a lot of opinion about SEC football. I've seen it over the years. I've seen it as, as being a Florida Gator fan. Also, when I when I ran a radio station as a general manager, we were involved with the Georgia Bulldog Football Network. Um, I've got, you know, I lived in, in Alabama for a few years, so I've known a lot of Alabama and Auburn fans too. So the SEC, I know what it's about. What it's about. I know what it means to these uh, smaller college towns, and. You know, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I, I I think Florida wins the SEC East, but we're looking at just a 10-game schedule, all conference games. There's no podunk junctions on the schedule, which is, is quite interesting now. And we've already had college football. That's right. Last night we had a kickoff classic in Montgomery, Alabama on Saturday night, August 29th. Um, interesting game where uh, I believe it was Central Arkansas 
Central Arkansas knocked off Austin P. the governors. Georgia played the governors and blew them out a couple years ago. But there's no podunk junctions or Austin P's on on um, you know any of the SEC team schedules this year. Um, Alex Nunnery, one of my uh, producers and, and Big J Report uh, contributors, I think told me his, I think he said his grandfather went to Austin P. And Austin P played JU in baseball uh, several months ago, too. I saw a T-shirt a guy was wearing from Austin P. It said, let's go P. Let's go P. Well, they lost last night, but a good game. College football, a kickoff classic in Montgomery, Alabama, where Central Arkansas defeated Austin P. Good game, though. Central Arkansas 24, Austin P. 17. So college football is underway. The SEC, though, we're going to have to wait until about September 26, which I think is a good thing. COVID-19 appears to be losing some steam now. No pun intended to the Southern steam. But uh, I will tell you, SEC football, I think Florida is going to win the uh, SEC this year. But I don't think they're going undefeated. I think they go 9-1. and one. I think Georgia may go 9-1. and one, But I think Florida wins a tiebreaker by beating Georgia. In the SEC West, I've talked about my dark horse. They've got uh, Mr. Mond, the quarterback, coming back, and uh, and it will be uh, Jimbo Fisher's third year there. They got a lot of starters coming back. I would say they had the schedule kind of going their way, but now the schedule's changed as uh, Texas A&M has, has had to add Florida uh, to their schedule. I think Texas A&M can win the West, but I think it's going to be a three- or four-team battle between Texas A&M Auburn, Alabama, and perhaps again LSU. We could see as much as many as three or four teams in a battle in the Southeastern Conference West. In this SEC East, it's more of a clear-cut battle between two teams, uh, Florida and Georgia, or Georgia and Florida, if you will. And it looks like the SEC East will most likely be decided in Jacksonville. But if Florida is going to win the East, or if Georgia is going to win the East, they got to win most of all the other games, too. So that's kind of our look at the SEC. We're going to be doing uh, some interviews and some predictions from even some some other folks that uh, are contributors on the BigJReport.com as we get closer and closer to the SEC season, which is going to start on um, Saturday, September the 26th. Now, the Big Ten is is not playing. The Pac-12 is not playing. Now I've heard rumors in the last couple of days that, hey, wait a minute, the Big Ten might start playing right after Thanksgiving or something, but nothing definitive yet, but we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Now the, let's move, and, we're, and by the way, the SEC, uh, we're going to do more SEC previews. We're going to be giving you information from some of the other uh, Big J Report contributors concerning SEC football, which is kind of my specialty as far as college football. Uh, We know there's some powerhouses in the ACC like Clemson, North Carolina, starting to move up with uh, some very good uh, recruits. Uh, Notre Dame is in the ACC now. And, you know, FSU's got a new coach, Mike Norvell. They could surprise some in the first year. I think FSU, Florida State will be more likely to be better in year two and in year three of the Mike Norvell era. I think Mike Norvell is a very good coach, runs a very good offense. I mean, after all, at Memphis last year, he was a, he led Memphis to an 11-1 and record and a Cotton Bowl 
uh, Cotton Bowl uh, appearance uh, last year for Memphis. Now Mike Norvell is the head coach at Florida State. Dan Mullen, great hire at Florida. He's moving into his third year, and I think Florida wins the SEC East this year. We'll talk more SEC football. You know, we'll talk more Southeastern Conference football on some of our uh, future episodes and shows as well. But you kind of get an idea of where I'm leaning as far as what I think happened in the SEC. I think the bottom teams, the bottom feeders are going to be – and they don't they won't have any podunk junctions on the schedule to, to pick up some, you know, some easy wins in between weeks of playing the tough SEC teams. But I got to believe that the bottom three in the SEC this year, uh, Vanderbilt, Missouri, and probably Arkansas, even though Arkansas – I did get a, a boost when Felipe Franks uh, transferred from Florida to Arkansas. But, man, if he doesn't have the protection, man, I hope he stays healthy. My goodness. SEC football, a lot more in future episodes. Today is episode 54 of the Teal Shirt Report, where we talk about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports as well, which would include the SEC and also the Elite Indoor Football League. As most of you know, the National Arena League canceled their season, but, man, they're going to have some expansion next year in uh, 2021 where they're going to have as many as nine or ten teams in the National Arena League. We'll keep an eye on the NAL as well. But the EIF is playing. They're the only – they've been the only indoor or arena league, if you will, playing football at the Ice and Sports Complex near Emerson and Phillips uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Last night – The biggest offensive output and the biggest and most lopsided win for the Southern Steam. They've now won six games in a row. The Southern Steam now six and one with a 70 to nothing win over a group of uh, EXFL All-Stars, also known as the South Florida Phantoms. The EXFL All-Stars, also known as the South Florida Phantoms, got I mean, they got shut down and shut out by the Southern Steam 70 to nothing. However, there's a little bit more than than meets the eye in this game because the Phantoms, the South Florida Phantoms, only had eight players. And you play eight men on a side in indoor football, arena indoor football, or I should say elite indoor football, which is basically arena or indoor or both, you might say. They play inside, in other words. But in the EIF, um, that's really the smallest roster that I've seen, and I've seen all six consecutive wins by the Southern Steam. I've seen them all. The South Florida Phantoms, they had nobody on the bench to trash talk because all of them were in the game. All eight guys had to go back and forth on offense and defense by the, uh, I mean, by late second quarter, third and fourth quarter. The South Florida Phantoms, also known as the EXFL All-Stars, they were just worn down. Southern Steam with a 70 to nothing win over the South Florida Phantoms. Um, I tell you, Bodie looked good. Bodie Damarell, Coach uh, Bobby Damarell's son, looked good in the game. And uh, the Southern Steam had some big plays. It looked very good in a 70 to nothing win over the South Florida Phantoms, also known as the, the EXFL All-Stars. We'll let you hear some of our uh, interviews at our EIF night at the uh, the Ice and Sports Complex. We'll let you hear some of our interviews on today's uh, uh, 54th show and episode of the Teal Shirt Report. 
And now you're listening to Elite Indoor Football Coverage, and you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for listening. Okay, uh, Teal Shirt Report continuing. Going to talk to uh, uh, D. Waite, number seven, playing defensive line. And uh, D. Waite, you have uh, actually uh, been with the Southern team for a good while, going back to when the Savannah days? Savannah days, that's 2015. Yeah, what, what got you into indoor football? Uh, a couple of guys uh, on the team. Uh, a couple other vets, uh, Coach Bobby, uh, introduced me to it, and then I was okay. prior service in the military, 2015, oh, wow. and then to now. So okay. I've been in and out. So you know, you know Matt Wells pretty well yeah, too. I do. Yep. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about uh, your background in football. I'm assuming you might have played some high school football, and where'd you play? Uh, I'm from Virginia Beach, North of Virginia Beach area. I played for Bayside High School. Okay. Uh, Went to college, played for North State for a year. Oh, wow. Okay. And then went to the military in 2010. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've heard of Norfolk State. Hey, you, you'll laugh at this. When I was a kid, I remember watching Norfolk State playing on TV. I think they were playing. They might have been playing Grambling, Grambling State or somebody. But uh, so I have heard of Norfolk State. They're right up there in Virginia. How do you um, – so how do you like the well, – we're playing in the ice and sports complex uh, near Emerson and Phillips in Jacksonville. Tell us about the surface here because now this is like I'm a, this is like your sixth game. Tell us about this uh, playing surface and playing here in this particular arena. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm just glad that we were able to play uh, with everything going on. They're giving us opportunity to continue uh, with playing out here. But I, I like it. It's, it's uh, different. With the environment, because yeah. um, we usually play like in the stadium environment or so, so on and so forth. But it's still good being out here and and them still giving us the opportunity to continue to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a lot of fun. Now, let me ask you this: You're playing D line, right? Give me your linebacker D line. Give me your height and weight. Uh, five ten, about one ninety, one ninety five. Okay, so that's what I wanted to make this point that. And even Matt Wells. I mean, I look at Matt Wells and I say, man, the guy looks like a linebacker, but he's playing D-line. But he's well, he's a well-put-together guy, you know, strong guy to play D-line. So what I'm saying is this game we call arena football or indoor football, it's a different type of size guy playing. It's not like in the NFL the line the linemen are all – man, a small lineman's like 290 now in the NFL. They're all – most of them are over 300 pounds. And there's eight guys, as I understand it, there's eight guys playing at a time. You're playing on a 50-yard field. You you know, your background playing high school football. You have played in outdoor situations, obviously. Compare the two. Tell us what you you like about both. The breathing is a lot lot different than this. Really? Yes, Uh, because the enclosed environment, quick play, uh, smaller field. You don't get as much breaks as you do playing 11 man. On the outside, yeah. Uh, so it's more of a mental, uh, fast-paced game. Yeah. So, like you said, the smaller guys, but thicker guys can play any position really because it's a faster pace. As long as you got the endurance, yeah. They keep going play by play. Then you right. can play almost anything out here. You know, I interviewed a guy that played for the uh, Jacksonville Sharks. Um, we interviewed him. It was not a voice interview, but it was like a. Um, a, a Twitter or Facebook interview, a messenger type interview, and a Jonathan Bain. You probably heard me. You may have heard of him. He's a quarterback for the Sharks, and he played for a couple of other indoor teams. He's been around for a while. He was just telling me that how quick the drops are. You know, um, 
I think sometimes you got to get rid of the ball quick where the quarterback's only, you know, maybe taking three steps or something. Really quick, really quick. Uh, and that goes from, the, like I said earlier, the different sides of the lineman. You yeah. might have a smaller guy versus a, a thicker guy, and a smaller guy going to win because it's a faster pace. So he get past you, and you only have three uh, three linemen. So if you get beat, then it's, it's, hard, it's, it's harder for the quarterback to get rid of the ball. I got you. Okay, so we got to get serious for a minute now, uh, Mr. D. Wait, how many sacks you got this year? Uh, I don't really have. I probably have three, but I have a couple of safeties and four safeties. Okay. For uh, forced fumbles, interceptions. Okay. How many safeties you got? Uh, I say about three. Okay. Well, heck, that's what that's that's six points. Yeah, my third game back. Okay, it's your third game back. So you've got so you're telling me in three games you've got altogether three safeties. Three safeties, uh, two interceptions, three touchdowns. Okay. So um, getting the three safeties, that's like a touchdown. That's six points, right? Okay. Hey, D. Wade, thanks for joining us here on the Teal Shirt Report, man. I'll let you get back out. You're getting ready to play some more right now. Thank you for joining us, and uh, good luck the rest of the game. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Uh, D. Wade. Number seven, plays a little linebacker and defensive line with the Southern Steam. And uh, Southern Steam has scored again. It is the Southern Steam 53. Wow, Southern Steam 53. And the X, the EXFL All-Stars, also known as the Phantoms, South Florida Phantoms, nothing. And you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. I'm going to tell you, this is semi-pro football. In its, I mean, its rawest form, and we're enjoying being out here at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville at Emerson and Phillips, third quarter, Southern Steam 46, the South Florida Phantoms, nothing also known as the EXFL All-Stars. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Okay, you've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We're going to wrap it up. I wanted to also apologize to uh, George uh, Karate. Uh, George Karate, uh, we interviewed him. He handles all the merchandising for the Southern Steam and does a great job on merchandising. We are going to do a future interview uh, with Mr. George Karate. He does a great job on merchandising. I got a couple of masks from him. Um, I got a Southern Steam mask from... Um, uh, Mr. Uh, George Karate, and then he gave me another mask as well. Wanted to thank him for that, George Karate. Uh, we wanted to apologize because the interview with George Karate and also the, the interview we did with Jack linebacker Enrique Crumbs, apparently there were some internet issues and they did not process um, completely and properly. So we do owe interviews to... Uh, Southern Steam Jack linebacker Enrique Crumbs, Enrique Crumbs, and also George Karate. So we, we've had internet issues in the past at the arena. Uh, a lot of our interviews are doing fine and processing properly, but sometimes we do run into internet issues. Uh, also, from our standpoint, we may be using another recorder as well that we're going to be uh, uh, getting in the future. But, yes, uh, we, we do use the, uh, the Blue Yeti mic, which does work the majority of the time. Actually, I think the Blue Yeti mic works all the time. It's more of an Internet issue, uh, more of an Internet issue from inside 
the ice and sports complex. So we, we do apologize uh, for any technical issues that, that we've had in the past and the present and hope, hoping to get all of those cleared up uh, for now and in the future. We want to thank you for listening to the 54th episode of the Teal Shirt Report. And before I close, I do want to talk about the guys. Uh, sadly, the interviews did not process properly, but I think those guys got a good understanding of our interviews and and which, which will make them even uh, better interviews in the future. Uh, George Karate, who actually told me he's been interviewed many times by radio stations, and, and um, he actually handles the Southern Steam merchandising. And also the Tampa Bay Tornadoes, uh, the new team going into the National Arena League next year, he handles their merchandising as well. So George Karate, uh, quite an interesting guy. He's also a, a truck driver for Publix. He's been with Publix for a number of years. And I promise you we're going to get back with George and do another extensive interview uh, with uh, uh, George Karate, who is actually – you know, he's been with the Southern Steam doing their merchandising since, I believe, 2014. That's, you know, like almost, what, almost six years. So, and he does a great job on the uniforms, the logo, the hats, uh, even down to the masks. And again, new Jack linebacker, Enrique Crumbs, man, he brings the excitement, a very, very nice guy, very business on the field. But Enrique Crumbs, we're going to be talking more and more to him because we've also, uh, he's a friend of ours on Facebook now. He's new with the, uh, he basically, uh, uh, I understand, took Mac, Matt Wells' place because Matt Wells, the, the former defensive tackle who could come back, I'm, I'm sure, in the future and play some football for the Southern Steam, but he took a, a junior college coaching opportunity to be an assistant coach at a junior college in Florida. And um, we want to congratulate Matt Wells uh, for that great opportunity to be an assistant coach in college football. Meanwhile, it opens the door for Enrique Crumbs. Spoke very highly of uh, uh, Matt Wells. And I'm going to speak very highly of both of them, Matt Wells and also Enrique Crumbs. I enjoyed the interview with Jack Linebacker Enrique Crumbs. We took some pictures of Enrique that we um, – Putting, we are putting, we're going to put on the website and also the Facebook group. So, Enrique, it's great to, you know, meet a new friend. And I do apologize for the interview issues, but I can promise you we're going to do another interview and we'll have you, uh, uh, we'll have you on the Teal Shirt Report in future episodes. This has been episode number 54. And I'm sorry, I always hate when I have to come on and, you know, and, and, and mention we've had some uh, technical issues, but we're, we're getting it straightened out. We're also going to get a, uh, a new handheld uh, microphone for the podcast. So there's going to be a lot of interviews in the future right here on the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for listening today. Uh, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfallahits.com. And you can also follow us at BigJReport.com. That's BigJReport.com. The Teal Shirt Report keeps growing. Thank you for listening. And, hey, we'll get through all these technical issues together, I can assure you. And the Teal Shirt Report rolls on. This is episode show number 54. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. My name is Scott, and I'm out. Have a great day. The Teal Shirt Report podcast is heard on many platforms, including Anchor.fm. You can hear the uh, Teal Shirt Report on Anchor, 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod Paradise, Himalaya, many, many other platforms as well. The Till Show Report is heard in as many as 15 states and worldwide internationally across the entire world and the United States. The Teal Shirt Report is also produced by JC, one of our freelance writers on the BigJReport.com. Again, the Teal Shirt Report is also produced by by JC, uh, one of our Big J Report contributors, and also Alex Nunry. Thanks, guys, for helping to produce this Teal Shirt Report, and have a great day.